Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. What's up, Pels fans? We are back with a triple header featuring Locked On Pels host Philip Rossman Reich, Bleacher Report NBA's Dan Favali, and our good buddy Christian Rivas of 16windsofring.com. Now we're starting out with our buddy, our good buddy Christian, and our Western Conference preview. But before we bring him on, I just wanted to thank you guys so much for your support. Our second episode has already garnered over a thousand downloads, and we hope to build on that with this awesome group of interviews. So keep tuning in, tell your friends, spread the word, and let's just keep this ball rolling. Also, head over to thebirdrights.com. Ollie and Fish have some great stuff up on free agent Ian Clark and the Pell's newest acquisition and former draft pick Darius Miller. But for now... Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. It's time to phone a friend. Now we welcome onto the show our good buddy Christian Rivas. How is it going, sir? Hey, Preston. How you doing, man? Dude, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you again for being my guest. Now, for those of you who don't know him, Christian is a brilliant guy who already in his brief career has run his own site at Lake Show Life, his own podcast of the same name, and has now moved up in the world to 16 Wins a Ring, where he is a regular contributor and Lakers beat writer. You guys can follow him at 16winsaring.com or at Rad Revis. Christian. Let's get to it. Free agency looks vastly different than last year. Everyone is up in arms over the $2 million decrease and expected cap space due to the dominant performance by the Dubs and Cavs. And last year, there were there were four and five-year max deals that were just thrown around like hotcakes to, to I think, Bradley Beal, DeRozan, Drummond, Batum, Fournier, Conley, Barnes, Mahimney, uh, Rhino, Whiteside. This year, we've had four. We've had yeah. Gordon Hayward, Drew Holiday... Uh, Steph Curry and Blake Griffin. It looks like we're probably going to experience the same thing next year. Looking back at 2016 now, 
Do you think like five, 10, 20 years from now, we're going to, we're going to look at this as some kind of summer of anarchy or summer of green. What's your perspective on that year as opposed to all the ones coming forward? Oh yeah. I think, uh, you know, people got a little happy with the amount of money that was going to come into the league. You saw guys like Lou Aldang and Timothy Mozgov from our side of the spectrum, from the Lakers side of the spectrum, get these massive contracts, uh, and on your side, you got Solomon Hill getting that ginormous contract, which um, I'll respect. I'll do respect to him, but he probably didn't deserve the type of money he got. When you look at the kind of contracts that are being given out this year, you got Andre Roberson that just signed for three years, thirty million, ten million a year, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Like, granted, he's not a great offensive player, but he's a lockdown defender, and he's in his mid twenties. No reason he should be making ten million a year. Had he hit the open market last year, he probably would have been paid $17 million easy. Um, it, it's, it's insane. And uh, you look at the, the names that were maxed out this year. You got your, your Blake Griffins, your Seth Currys, your Gordon Haywards. Those are guys very deserving of max contracts. I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer. But you look at some of the guys that were maxed out last year, you talk about your, your Harrison Barnes and your Evan Fournier. It's it's insane. It's it's not even comparable. I know. It seems like nowadays the only overpaid uh, veterans we're going to get are people who are brought back like Drew Holiday and restricted free agents like Otto Porter. But even then, you've got you've got Dion Waiters, a guy who shot like I don't know forty two percent from three. He was putting up I think fifteen and and five and five. Yeah. And he's a pretty admirable defender. At least he's a tough guy and he's got pretty good size. And he's getting thirteen million a year. He's he's getting Solomon Hill money. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just crazy. It's, it's just hard it's, to think about. Beachfront property on Waiters Island is is just exploding right now. I mean it's. It's a seller's market for sure right now. I know. We're going to talk about uh, the Lakers' interest in him a little bit later. I wanted to get to that later, but I'm excited for him to keep building on what he's doing in Miami because just two years ago when he was in Oklahoma City, we we thought it might be the end for him. He might be phased out of the league, and all of a sudden now with all the talent that's moving to the West, he might be a fringe all-star. We'll see, but let's let's get to our boy. Uh, We're going to talk about Drew Holiday. Uh, So far, he's the only move we've made, unless you include a former pick and EuroLeague point man, Darius Miller, our former uh, second second round pick from Kentucky, but Drew is one of three players in the NBA to earn a five-year deal along with Steph Curry and Blake Griffin. By most opinions, he earned a substantial overpay. What's your view on Drew Holiday's five-year $126 million deal? Well, you know, I think New Orleans absolutely had to do it because you have a a contract year with DeMarcus Cousins and you have a a player in Anthony Davis that's growing tired of the talent that's being surrounded by him. Drew Holiday is a fantastic player. And had he gone somewhere else, uh, he probably would have gotten paid similar money. I absolutely not the five-year max, but he would have gotten similar money. Um, the, the problem with Drew Holiday isn't the amount of talent he has. It's always going to be the lingering injuries. Uh, I mean, he, he missed some time for the season because of his, his wife, Megan Holiday. Uh, at the beginning of the season. So obviously that's irrelevant. But um, in years past, he has, has missed a, a chunk of time because of his lingering in injuries he has. And that's a problem, especially somebody that's in his, um, in his late 20s. But he's, he's an absolutely a, a phenomenal player. He's a, he's a defensive talent, unlike any, unlike any point guards in, in the league. 
Uh, I think he's a very talented offensive player too. I thought the Lakers were going to pick him up, uh, but they didn't. I mean, the, the ties were there. You had the UCLA ties. Grew up in SoCal. Um, I was really disappointed they didn't. But th- my message would be to Lakers fans to not freak out because Magic Johnson said at the beginning of the season uh, or when the summer started that this this isn't their year. This this isn't the year to chase big fish. They're going to seek one-year deals with an emphasis on defense and shooting. Next year is when they're hoping they get their guy, um, whether it be Paul George, DeMarcus Cousins, LeBron James. Whoa, 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 Christian. You are hijacking this oh. podcast, sir. We are talking about Drew Holiday, and I'm yeah. going to get to the Lakers. Uh, before we go any further, I have to just make a correction. Uh, it's Lauren Holiday. Lauren Holiday, yeah. Met at UCLA. I couldn't let you go forward without that. We love you, Lauren. Heal quickly. Yeah. And uh, like you said about uh, his his defense, Bleacher Report NBA had him as the number one uh, rated point guard defender, although we've seen him get get cashed by John Wall sometimes in the future, but you're absolutely right. He does like, especially when he gets fixed on to bid men, he is, he is a lockdown defender, but here's what I want to talk about. It's not about his potential. Obviously, like he was an all-star in Philadelphia and he has all the tools to be a great player, but here's my discrepancy as to locking him up for five years. And we, we've seen the Raptors do the three-year thing. The, the Wolves do the three-year thing with, um, with Jeff Teague. And, and here's where I get nervous. All of this is to bring back Boogie. The whole purpose to giving him, like he, Steph Curry, and Blake Griffin combined are going to make $500 million in the next five years. It just blows my mind. But here's where it gets really interesting to me. We have to make the playoffs in order to convince Boogie to stay. Um, And to that degree, before we get to the Lakers, I just want to do a quick rundown of the Western Conference and talk about the Pelicans and how realistic their chance is. Now, at the top, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna have you compare your list to mine. At the top, mm-hmm. first of all, they're in the southwest uh, southwest division with San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, and Memphis. Number one, I have the Warriors, and they've just added Swaggy P and Caspi. They're not going anywhere. Number two, the Spurs. They re-signed Mills. They they're probably gonna bring back Simmons and Gasol. Three, the Rockets. Although. A lot of people question what their fit is going to be like, but I still have them as a home team in the playoffs. Then we've got the Clippers, which are really interesting with Lou Williams, Beverly, Decker. Who knows how that's all going to work out with Gallo now with small forward. The Jazz, they still have Joe Ingles. They added Rubio, Favors, Hood. Rudy Gobert is getting better and better. They might even be getting Jay Crowder. This is something that's recently rumored ever since Hayward's going to the Celtics. Then we've got the Wolves with Teague and Jimmy Butler. The Nuggets with Millsap. The Thunder added Paul George, Patterson, Roberson, like you said. The Blazers, Nurkic was really coming on. The Mavs added Dennis Smith. And, uh, of course, they're probably going to bring back Noel. And then the Kings have just gotten George Hill and Zach Randolph to pair with De'Aaron Fox. The Suns just drafted Josh Jackson. Are the Pelicans making the playoffs, Christian? You know, I so my thing is, I think the the, the Pelicans are a playoff bubble team. They can absolutely con- contend for the eighth seed. I, I think, the, the to your point, the fact that they have to make, make the playoffs to keep Boogie around, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, but not only that, they have to find a way to have DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis coexist. If they can do that, you have the two most dominant big men in the NBA gelling together with a talented point guard and Drew Holiday. If they can figure that all out, absolutely they're a playoff team. Because when you look at the Suns, that's a young team. And regardless of how talented they are, the Suns, the Kings, you can't expect a rookie to come in and change the franchise's fortunes from day one. Very few examples of that happening. 
in LeBron James, Tim Duncan, Blake Griffin. So that as exciting as the Kings young core might be, as exciting as the Suns young core might be, it's going to take some time. And, and fans need to understand that no rookie is going to come in and, you know, flip the franchise around in a day, especially not in the Western Conference, especially not when, uh, you know, you're going to have Darren Fox going up against Drew Holiday. I mean, if you're giving me that matchup in the playoffs, I'll take Drew Holiday every time. Totally. Um, with that being said, I, I think the Pelicans absolutely need to get things together. With your list, I think it's it's pretty spot on. I think people, a lot of people are riding the Jazz off of a playoff spot. I'm not quite ready to do that. Uh, I think they still have a very talented team. They just added Donovan Mitchell, who has been killing it in the summer league. Uh, Dante Exum oh, hopefully has his breakout year this year. That gives him a little guard depth. Joe Ingles is a solid player. They just added Ricky Rubio, and I think he's going to be a ton of fun with Rudy Gobert. Um, Derek Favors is a fringe all-star, or was in years past. Uh, so I'm not quite ready to write the Jazz off. Uh, you have the Wolves at six, which is about where I have them. Uh, but if, if they can get things to work out, I think they can go as high as five. Um, the Clippers adding Gallinari, I think that you know puts them around four or five. But seven and eight are the the spots I'd look out for. I think the Nuggets will definitely give, um, yeah, again, a playoff bubble team. The Blazers a playoff bubble team. I don't think the Mavs are in the conversation. I think people are overestimating the Mavs just a bit, but um, I think the Pelicans absolutely have a chance. They just, one, need to get the Boogie Davis situation figured out, and two, at, sign somebody else. Sign a player, a shooter, a defender, somebody that's going to contribute to the team in some capacity outside of Drew, Boogie, and uh, AD. What are you talking about? We've got Jordan Crawford, Christian. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, okay. that's, all, that's all you need to say, man. Okay, where do you have the Pelicans sitting right now? Uh, we still have our mid-level and our biannual, but let's just say we don't bring anybody in. We just let those sit. Where do you have the Pelicans, one through eight, or do you have them at nine or, or thereafter? You know, I, I have them at nine. Uh, I have them at, at nine above the, above the Mavericks and the Kings and the Suns. I think um, the, the Lakers will be the second worst team worst team in the Western conference this year. I think the Suns are still going to be the worst team in the Western conference this year. Uh, but I, again, it, it all goes back to Anthony Davis and DeMarcus cousins and what they can figure out. Like when you look at the numbers, they are horrific with each other on the court. And uh, you know, when one of them sitting, they look like themselves, but when both of them are playing together, it's just, it's just not a good look. If they can figure that out, I, I struggle seeing what team can stop them. Um, you know, small ball or not, you have two of the most dominant big men in the NBA that can space the floor, that can defend. Um, that's a that's a tough matchup. You're absolutely right, and a lot of the guys in New Orleans will kill me for this because the Pelicans did have that very sexy eight and three run. But yeah. what people forget is some of the biggest victories in that run. Uh, took place when DeMarcus Cousins wasn't on the floor. Uh, we crushed the Nuggets without Boogie. We crushed the Rockets without Boogie. Our, our lone um, big, substantial, like, high mark victory was against the Blazers with Boogie and AD both on the court. I think we won, like, 179. That was the that was the one game where we just blew the doors off. But that was before they really uh, instituted Nurkic into their lineup. So they were still struggling a bit. So we, we did win 8 out of eight out of 11 at one point, and that's what a lot of people are hanging on to. And plus, there were no problems 
practices with Boogie. We weren't really running the 5-4 pick and roll because he was nursing his Achilles. So everybody thinks we're going to put it together with Chris Finch, uh, the the new assistant coach from Denver who ran the point Jokic system. So there is a lot Mm -hmm. of hope, although I totally understand your argument. But before we get to the Lakers, I got one more thing Pelicans related, and it's about Del Demps, our general manager. This will be his eighth season. Uh, The best he's finished was uh, as an eight seed with AD where we went 0-4 to the Warriors. Can't really uh, help that. It was competitive. And uh, 2-4 against the Lakers in his first season when we still had CP3. He's Mm. handicapped the franchise with four- and five-year contracts to players like Salmon Hill and Omer Sheik, as you mentioned. If you are a Pelicans fan, put yourself in my place, and none of this works out, and the Pelicans finish as a ninth seed, as you've said— Do you blame the front office or do you blame an apathetic fan base who forgot to storm the castle after seven years of Dell Demps? Well, see, that's a, that's a tough question. I think, um, you know, you look at the trade deadline last year and what Dell Demps accomplished, what at the time seemed like an absolute steal. I mean, in hindsight, the Kings came out all right, but it, it, at the time it was considered an absolute steal. You're giving up, Tyreek Evans, who is going to be a free agent, or is a free agent now anyway. Uh, Buddy Heald, who has more than likely already reached his ceiling, played a few years of college ball. I think, you know, what you see is what you get with Buddy Heald. And uh, and what, what people thought was going to be the, what, the 15th or 17th pick, not a lottery pick. Um, but yeah, it is tough. It is tough to justify not being in the playoffs for all those years. I mean, again, you're in the Western Conference. It's not always going to be easy. But uh, that playoff series with with the Warriors and the Pelicans was super entertaining. I mean, it came down to Curry having to hit that wild buzzer beater for them to to advance. I mean, that that was a wildly competitive series. I think the the biggest concern is, again, those contracts. How do you add talent around DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, and now Drew Holiday? I mean, uh, you see guys like the Houston Rockets taking pay cuts to play with a winning team. If the Pelicans can get it together, maybe you see something like that happening, but I don't know. Unless you, you dump Solomon Hill's contract somewhere, you dumped uh, Omer Sheik's contract somewhere, it's going to be hard to add talent. And if you're a free agent like DeMarcus Cousins next summer saying, um, do I resign with this team? You weigh your options and say, well, this is what we have. Where can we go from here? And if that option is nowhere, this is where we're at. It's kind of it's kind of hard to stick around. And at and at that point, you start to look at the front office and say, you know, what are we doing here? What what's what's the plan going forward? And if Dell Damps doesn't have an answer or a good answer, yeah, I think it's it's time to to move on from him. Totally. I think the best we can hope for at this point is that we just destroy the Eastern Conference, finish somewhere around like. I don't know, 46, 47 wins, uh, kind of in the same vein the way the Thunder did two years ago when they didn't make the playoffs, and still be a, a really competitive, really exciting team, something that could get him to stay, and then just take out Del Demps and uh, bring in John Calipari. No, I'm just kidding. But the, the Pelicans don't have a lot of flexibility, even with a Sheik. We're so wildly over the cap. I think we sit at like 110 right now. So even if we did uh, stretch him, I think that would bring like $4 million a year uh, over – seven years, something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm not smart enough to know the details. 
we would still be four million over the cap. So we we would have to get really, really creative. But let's go over to the Lakers. This is your specialty. Your latest article, the the trade involving D'Angelo Russell and Brooke Lopez shows the Lakers never knew what they had in D'Angelo. Talk a bit about the trade and where you stand on shipping the two players back and forth. You know, it, it's interesting. We we talked about the situation with the Pelicans because when when you do hand out contracts like you handed out Solomon Hill uh, and Omar Ashi, I, I even Joe Joe and uh, Alexi Zajinka, um, it's uh, it's it sucks because the the whole reason we got rid of D'Angelo Russell uh, was allegedly to rid ourselves of Timothy Mozgov's contract. And if we had never signed Timothy Mozgov, we wouldn't have a, sal- a a contract to dump. We'd still have D'Angelo Russell. I mean, there's been reports about, you know, whether or not he was a good locker room guy. He had that scandal his rookie year with Nick Young. Uh, but he was still a very talented player. And he was just going to be entering his third year in the league. I mean, y- you listen to reports. And I'm not saying D'Angelo Russell is Kobe Bryant by any means. But you you... You look back and hear teammates and reporters talking about what a terror Kobe Bryant was. Like Kobe Bryant was not an enjoyable person to be around. Nobody liked him in the locker room. His coaches didn't like him. Phil Jackson didn't like him. He's the whole reason Shaq left. I mean, you have a guy like that in your locker room and you say, like, ooh, we should get rid of this guy. But you, you look at the what outweighs what. Is, is he a... Is a bad locker room guy, sure, but is is he going to be a potential ten ten year All Star years from now? And all the numbers show that yeah, there's a there's a very good chance D'Angelo Russell was going to pan out. And you look at the fit with Lonzo Ball, that was going to work out because Lonzo Ball works best in the full court. D'Angelo Russell works best in the half court. Um, you have those guys together, and I had I I honestly believe, and I might get a lot of heat for this, but they had a a real good chance at being the best backcourt in the Western Conference a few years down the line. Steph and Clay aren't going to last forever. CP3 and James Harden certainly aren't going to last forever. So you look at those guys, and they they really had a chance. And it's a shame that, you know, it took shedding D'Angelo Russell to also shed Timothy Mozgov's contract. It's just that last summer was such a, a bad time to be a Lakers fan and – um Luckily, we we escaped with getting the number two pick, getting to select Lonzo Ball. But uh, it's it, those signings are going to haunt us even next summer when we're pursuit and when we're in pursuit of you know a, a Paul George and the Marcus Cousins. We're going to have to shed some salary, whether it be Jordan Clarkson or letting Julius Randle walk. Um, we're going to have to shed some salary. Nobody's taking Luol Deng's contract. The the Lakers are going to have to dump that or trade it somewhere with a with a sweetener attached to it, which very well could be another young player like a like a Jordan Clarkson or a Larry Nance Jr. So those contracts are going to haunt us for years to come, and it's it's a shame. I the the Pelicans are going to be in a similar situation, but they don't have any assets to dump it, unfortunately. So those are contracts they're kind of stuck with. But it it was just a really bad situation to be in. I think the front office has done an okay job. I just don't, I, I didn't understand why that trade needed to be done when it did. You could dump Timothy Mozgov's contract literally at any point in the season. They're not competing for a playoff spot this year. Why not give the Lonzo Ball, D'Angelo Russell uh, backcourt some run? And that's my logic. And I, I don't understand that move at all. But 
I think Brooke Lopez is a very solid player. I think he's going to bring out the best in Julius Randle and vice versa. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's wild how vastly they overpaid him and overvalued Timothy Mozgov. I think he was the first signing to open free agency after midnight last year, and no one saw him making that money after the disastrous uh, season he had had in Cleveland the year before. But now as it sits, you're not in a terrible spot. You've got Brooke Lopez coming off the books at $22 million, and you'll have bird rights on him. You have Corey Brewer's $7 million coming off the books. As it sits right now, You've got, I think, $51 million. You've got a, a team option on um, Larry Nance. Obviously, you're going to exercise that. So that's that's where you sit. And you've got all these whispers and rumors, not even rumors. People are shouting from the mountaintops that Paul George is going to L.A. People are even are even giving Oklahoma City a, a hard time for getting rid of Sabonis and Oladipo, knowing that it's just a one-year rental. Yeah. Uh, many of us have joked at Bird Rides that uh, – Oklahoma just traded for a guy who will just be actively recruiting Russell Westbrook to join him in L.A. Why is Paul George so desperate to join a team that humiliated itself in the LaMarcus Aldridge sweepstakes and that Deion Waiters just spurned like two days ago? I think, and and, and it might be overstated a little bit, but when it's reported as heavily as it has been, I mean, when he announced that he was opting out with the Pacers, the, the report wasn't just... Paul George is opting out with the Pacers. It's Paul George is opting out with the Pacers and he prefers the Lakers. And that's, that's insane. And as, as a Lakers fan, that's coming off of a, you know, a 20 plus win season. That's insane that a player of his caliber is so interested in. And when it was announced that he didn't make an all NBA team, that he wasn't going to get that super Mac, uh, the reports that came out were the money didn't matter too much to him anyway, which yeah, I, I struggle with that a bit i struggle uh with the fact that he'd be making like 30 million a year wasn't going to convince him to stay but uh they the reports are that his his legacy is what he cares about right now and they had an interview with thomas robinson the other day asking him you know why if, if you're paul george why do you come to this team uh regardless of the record and he said you know it's it's los angeles it's the lakers if you want to if you want to build a dynasty. If you want to build a legacy, this is where you do it. LA is the market. He, he said he's played in Brooklyn, played in Sacramento, um, played all kinds of different places. And he said, it, it just feels different in LA. People look at you different. People have a different amount of respect for you. And I think that's something Paul George is going to take into consideration, especially because he's a hometown kid from Los Angeles. And uh, I, I think it's going to be, um, it, it's going to be the Lakers shops to, follow through because if he's already convinced himself he's coming to the Lakers it's going to take a lot for the Lakers front office to completely screw it up and I don't doubt that they can screw it up I think it's, <laughs> it's a good possibility they do um, but I think you know having Brooke Lopez there I I, I I think Brooke Lopez is a fantastic player I've been dying for him to come to the Lakers for quite some time so I'm very happy he's on the team um, but just surrounding the team with talent hoping Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram pan out and adding Paul George, you know, that puts them in the conversation for a playoff spot uh, a few years down the line. I, and I think Paul George knows that. I think he's, he sees what they're building with uh, Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka in the front office, uh, young and up and coming head coach and Luke Walton. Um, and the fact that he just doesn't want to stay in Oklahoma. I mean, 
That's uh, no offense to Oklahoma, but you you see small market teams. It just happened with Gordon Hayward. As soon as they get the chance to bolt, they're going to. KD did it. Gordon Hayward did it. There's rumors uh, that came out today that Giannis is Giannis Antetokounmpo is is ready to leave Milwaukee. He's he's done because of the the small market team and the fact that the team's not winning. Um, so I think the the Paul Drake situation is going to get very interesting next summer. I hope it all works out uh, because. If it doesn't, this roster is basically going to look the same next year. We don't have a draft pick uh, in this year's draft. I mean, next year's draft. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. You've still got about eleven million to work with, and a bit of breaking news um, from Woj: Jamal, uh, Jamal Crawford was rumored as being heavily interested in the Lakers after he was traded to Atlanta. But now there's uh, now that he's been bought out, it says he prefers the Cavs, the T Wolves, and the Wizards, and his interest in the Lakers to be dying. Um, what other guys are you guys are you planning on chasing with your eleven million in cash? Are you thinking Tyler Ennis, Rajon Rondo? What do you need on your squad before uh, this free agency kind of takes a backseat to the regular season? Yeah, so the the rumored interest is apparently Rajon Rondo, and that makes such little sense to me. I, <laughs> I don't understand why why they would pursue Rajon Rondo. Tyler Ennis, I'm not a huge fan of either, but he's going to be cheap. I believe the most the Lakers can offer him is two point five million. Uh, so, and if, if he takes that, he takes that. It's not a big cap hit. Uh, but Rajon Rondo, uh, you look at what Magic, Long- Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka have allegedly been looking at in their players, and it's uh, defense, shooting, and high character guys. If you can tell me which one of those boxes Rajon Rondo checks off, by all means, sign him. Sign him to a max deal. Just please don't. If if Rob or Magic are listening, please don't do that. Um, <laughs> but it, it just it doesn't make sense. The logic, I guess, is the fact that he'd mo- mentor Lonzo Ball. Um, I don't buy that. Kobe Bryant's been a huge fan of Rajon Rondo since day one. To the fact that he said um, last season when he was a free agent that he would not stop recruiting Rajon Rondo until he signed on the dotted line with the Lakers, and um, I think that's dangerous. I think. You got the Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka, Kobe Bryant links, and you got Kobe Bryant in one of their ears saying, he's a competitor. This is the kind of guy you want in your team. And you don't. You don't want that kind of guy on your team. You, he's a cancer in every locker room he's been to, with the exception of Chicago, uh, where he stood up for his young players. But that that's the last thing the Lakers need right now. And assuming Jordan Clarkson's going to take the bulk of the backup point guard minutes, uh, and Lonzo's going to start, which I hope is the case. The Lakers need a shooting guard. The shooting guards they have on their roster right now have a combined one year of experience in uh, Josh Hart and David Nwaba. So at, I, Rajon Rondo would be mind-numbing to me. The players I'd like to see them pursue, um, I think Tyreek Evans is so, still a free agent. He's, what, 27 years old, uh, former rookie of the year. I think he still has something in the tank. Give him one year, ten million. See what he does with it. Uh, just guys that that need that one year. The reason I had my doubts about Dion Waiters is he just came off of a one year deal and had a fantastic year. There was no reason for him to take a one year deal. He proved himself, and you know he has to get rewarded by cashing in on it on a multi year deal, which he just did with the Miami Heat, which is fantastic for him. Same with George Hill. George Hill turned down a multi-million dollar extension with 
the Utah Jazz that would have paid him a lot more than what he's getting paid now. Um, so there was no incentive for that, those guys to take those one-year deals. I think for guys like Tyreek Evans, uh, Thabo Cephalosha, CJ Miles, um, you know, just guys that could contribute, three and D guys. Although I don't think Tyreek Evans qualifies as a three and D guy, but uh, <laughs> that's at least not the not the nor the three or the D. But uh, assuming Lonzo and Ingram uh, shoot the lights out next season, I think they'll be all right. I think Tyreek Evans would be a decent fit. But it's it's absolutely starting to thin out. Um, I guess you got Jonathan Simmons. If if you're a big fan of him, I'm, I'd be hesitant to give him big money just yet. But uh, we'll see what they do. I I just hope they sign somebody. At this point, I will I'll take uh, Mono Ginobili, who's still a free agent. All right. So we're recording this on a Thursday. By the way, great points. I would think you guys would just do like a one year, ten million dollar deal, so that you can keep your your caps clean next year in case you want to, you know, add LBJ to Paul George or Russell Westbrook and Paul George. But yeah. you'd have to institute a sign and trade like everybody seems. And no free agent is free anymore, uh, according to our new CBA. But, mm-hmm. uh, but let's let's talk about tomorrow. We're recording this on a Thursday, so you guys might be listening to this on a Friday. Friday is the day that Summer League in Vegas starts. And the Los Angeles Lakers are 6-1 to one favorites. Uh, they're going to be peddling out Lonzo Ball, Zubak, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Thomas Bryant. I'm so sorry if I'm butchering these names. Tell us a little bit about what you hope to see from the Lakers at Summer League. Well, I think uh, obviously all eyes are going to be on Lonzo Ball um, and how he affects the Lakers. If he's going to have that same effect on the Lakers that he had at UCLA, are these guys going to be passing the ball around? Is he going to get guys open looks? Uh, I think that's the big thing I'm going to be looking at is what effect does Lonzo Ball have on this summer league team? Because if he can't even, um, and it's unfair to have that kind of expectation that he's going to just take the reins of the Lakers right away. But if he can't even rally this summer league together and get him to buy into whatever Luke Walton's system is, um, that's that's not a good sign because that's the whole reason they picked him up is because of his, um, influence on the way he, you know, ball movement in the game, the way he gets guys open looks, the the run and gun kind of style of play they want to play. So uh, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at Brandon Ingram. You see guys like Jalen Brown for the Celtics that are absolutely killing it right now to the point where people are scratching their heads and asking why he's even there. I'm hoping to get the same reaction from Brandon Ingram. I know he doesn't have the same NBA-ready body as, say, Jalen Brown would have, uh, but he's a an extremely talented player. I, I, I'm all in on the Brandon Ingram hype train. I'd just like to see a little more from him, uh, whether it's you know him being aggressive or on the defensive end. Just, just have an impact on the game uh, in your second year in the league to show people you know we weren't stupid for not trading you uh, for DeMarcus Cousins at the deadline last year. Uh, other guys I'm I'm interested in seeing, uh, obviously Josh Hart, uh, four years at Villanova, was a national champion there, was a real just competitive guy. I'm excited to see what he brings to the team. I think he will be, uh, if I had to compare it to somebody in their rookie year in the league, a little bit about, uh, a little bit similar to what Malcolm Brogdon did with the Bucks. I think he's going to come in, going to play about, 12, 15 minutes a game and have an impact, whether it be off the bench or starting later down the year. Um, And then Kyle Kuzma, I'm actually uh, working on a story right now, but 
it, every year for the last two years, the Lakers have had somebody on their team that comes out of summer league, a fan favorite. I mean, two years ago, it was Larry Nance Jr. Last year, it was Evita Zubats. Um, and this year, I think it's going to be Kyle Kuzma because Kyle Kuzma was taken with the 27th pick. No, at least nobody in the small circles that I speak to, um, you know, were, were too high on him. Didn't even have him on their draft boards. And the same could be said and was said for Larry Nash Jr. and Evita Zubats, who in their first few years in the league have been extremely impressive. So I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, I know the coaching staff and the players are really high on him from the few practices they've had. So I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do. And the only reason they're favorites to win the summer league is because th- this is their roster. I mean, it's going <laughs> to, it's going to be their, their team next year. Seven of the, how many ever guys are, are going to be uh, getting meaningful minutes on the roster next year. So if they win the Las Vegas summer league, that is the only hardware they're going to win for the rest of the season. I'll put my money on that. Christian, what have you got coming up for us on 16 wins a ring? Uh, just look out for free agency. Um, as, as soon as we make a signing, I'm sure I'll have something up. Uh, like I said, I, uh, I'll have something up on Kyle Kuzma and the, the effect I think he'll have in summer league. And then, um, I do have something I've been working on for a few days about, um, the few, the first few months of Magic Johnson's regime with the Lakers and how it differs from, you know, the Jim Buss, Mitch Kupchak era. And uh, spoiler alert, it's it's not very different. It's, you know, <laughs> it's the same thing, just different guys. From a PR perspective, it was a fantastic move. Matic Johnson and Rob Palenka are talkative and likable, and they're so L.A. and Hollywood that, you know, people gravitate towards them. But that only lasts for so long. I mean, it's they're doing the same thing Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak were doing clearing cap space with the hope that they can sell free agents on the LA allure being a Los Angeles Laker and uh, having that cap space every year only to be mediocre for the next five years. So uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting it up and having people read it. Cause I think it's uh, you know, it's eye opening. I hope. All right, you guys follow him at rad Rebus and check out his works at 16 wins, Christian fantastic stuff as always. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks boss. I'd, I'd be happy to come back in. Well, I'm going to ask you again in a month, so I'm going to hold you to that, <laughs> man. Thank you again so much. And we'll talk to you soon. All right, boss. Have a good one. All right, you guys, thank you so much. Now don't go anywhere. And next up we've got Philip Rossman Reich from Locked On Magic. And then after that, we've got Dan Favali of Bleacher Report NBA. Don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe, like, retweet, go to iTunes, leave a comment. We really love and need all the support that you can give us. But thank you for being here and stay tuned. This is just part one. Let's go, pals. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance.